1: And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is what we believe and who we are here at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. This rainy Sunday morning. Quick reminder of how we do our offerings here. Uh, you can use the envelopes on the seat backs in front of you to put any checks or cash and then put it in with the ushers on the way out the door. If Celebration Church is your normal church, you consider yourself this is your church home, we can encourage you to go to our website, celebrationchurch.tv, and sign up for recurrent giving. It just happens automatically. Or you can use your phone and use the Celebration Church app as well Uh, earlier this year i was uh, invited to go to uh, decatur illinois to speak at a church there pastor keith farrell got a chance to meet him and his lovely wife and we had a fabulous time at their church there in decatur keith uh, is an army guy he was a veteran for six years serving all around the world yes god bless him then he decided to become an army, army chaplain and uh, served a 16 years as a chaplain. So yeah, God bless him. The rules change. When you're in the army, you get to carry a gun. When you're a chaplain, you don't get to carry a gun. Uh, just the rules. And then they give you a chaplain's assistant. And uh, the chaplain's assistant job is to carry the gun. <laughs> he said, it was so weird because he's He's a big old boy, you know, 6'4", and the chaplain was some lady about this big. <laughs> he, he thought it was a little strange. But uh, yeah, so they're not allowed to uh, use weapons. He, he said, I'm not admitting to anything, but I may have picked up a weapon once or twice along the way in certain situations. But anyway, uh, as a chaplain, he taught Laugh Your Way materials, my materials, to uh, his soldiers, as, as chaplains have done for over 15 years in the army. And uh, when he got to doing his own church after getting out of the army, he gave us a call and we went down there and just had an, a fabulous time. Was talking about, you know, our church and how we're a convergent church. He goes, you know, we're kind of the same thing and we're connecting and having a great time. I was telling Bishop Sean yesterday about it. And he says, man, where do you find all these guys? And uh, I said, I don't know. They're everywhere. He says, well, you, you, you sure do a good job of being a convergent uh, evangelist preaching this. I said, I'm not preaching anything. I'm just telling them they're doing it on their own. This has been one of the most amazing things. Uh, it's like how we started it. Nobody was doing it. And he says, you know, it's really true. All over the world, the Holy Spirit is just encouraging people to start bringing in all the different streams of the faith. And, uh, and I told him about the guys we had from uh, Portugal a couple of weeks ago and before that from... Uh, uh, costa rica and the others and stuff and you just go wow uh, by the way i have an amazing story i'll share with you next week about something that's happening in in africa it's really quite stunning we're very excited about it so be sure to come back next sunday as i share that story anyway um after being in this church i, I gave him a call and said hey man would you come up and visit with us here and we've been hanging out for the weekend and putting him to work please give a hand to pastor keith farrell
0: bless you. Well, good morning, Green Bay. You know what the great thing about preaching two services on a Sunday morning is? If you mess up the first one, you've got a second one. I got down from the first one. My wife looked me dead in the eyes. She said, stop reading, start preaching. So Pastor Mark was talking about convergent In convergent, there is liturgical, there is evangelical, and then there is the redheaded stepchild, the Pentecostal. We are the redheaded stepchild. So today, the great thing about preaching again is, I don't have to do it exactly the same as last time, so I hope you're ready to be fired up this morning a little bit. Is that all right? Praise God. I do wanna give honor to Pastor Mark and Deanna Gunger. They have treated us like royalty this weekend and uh, we are so very appreciative of that. It has been a great mini vacation for us and we just love being in Green Bay. I'll tell you a little bit of a story as we end today about my first and only interaction with Wisconsin, but I'm gonna save it till the end. <laughs> the signs are everywhere, or at least they, they used to be. You usually find them on a white poster board in an end zone at Lambeau Field. Some guy in sub-zero weather without a shirt on, please explain that one to me, with a block of cheese on his head, I never understood that, holding up the sign with the words that lead to eternal life, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. It is an amazing story, an amazing verse for all of us because it encapsulates the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have lived for the Lord for one day or a hundred years, you should know these words. They should be the epitome of the Christian life, of understanding what God has done for us. Sadly, in America, even in the church at times, these words have lost their allure. We have too many other things to worry about. We worry about the mortgage. We worry about the electricity bill, the car note, what we're gonna have for dinner on a very busy day, how we get the kids to and from school and practices, and all the other things that are going on in our world. And we slowly but surely push out the word of God. We come on Sundays, we may come on Wednesdays, we may have times of reading the Word of God, but for many of us, we have lost the power that is in John 3.16. Max Lucado wrote these words, and I do have to read them because I am (laughs) not that good. God so loved the world. That's a question. We'd expect an anger fueled God, one who punishes the world, recycles the world, forsakes the world, but loves the world. Now, coming from a Pentecostal background, it was fire and brimstone. Every single message was God's going to destroy us. You better get right with God. Lucado goes on the world. Yes, the world. Heartbreakers, hope snatchers, dream drowser's, prowl this orb. Dictators rage, abusers inflict. But God loves, and He loves the world so much that He gave His declarations, rules, edicts. No, no, the heart stealing, mind bending, deal breaking, and deal making claim of John sixteen. John three sixteen is this, God gave his son, his only son. No abstract ideas, but a flesh wrapped in divinity. Why? So that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. I want you to say that word with me, whosoever. whosoever. Do you know what that means? That means you and I, everyone who hears the word of God has the opportunity to receive Christ, to receive eternal salvation. Now that's the good news, amen? One of these days when we close our eyes on this world, we who believe in Christ are going to be able to open our eyes in heaven and be in the presence of God. Oh, what a day that will be. What a powerful reminder of his grace and his mercy, of salvation and mostly his love for the world. But what a strange word, the world. So for the next few moments, I want to break that word down a little bit. I want to talk about the world that we live in and the world that God is talking about. I want to highlight that for scripture says God so loved the world. You know, I find it strange that after so many years of preaching the word of God, hearing the word of God and and hearing as I've walked with God, and have been taught, and I have taught myself, Pastor Mark has taught these words from James four and four, that friendship of the world is opposition to God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We have decried the things of the world because 1 John 2 and 15 tells us, love not the world nor the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. So how are we to understand this immense love that God has for us if he has given his son for us but we are to be in the world, but not of it. Well, it really breaks down to the Greek words, which we're talking about. And in the context, there's two words. One of them is cosmos. Cosmos means the created order. Everything that God created to include male and female, that is us. God created us. God created us, breathed into us the very breath of life. We lived, we populated the earth. We are here today. God so loves the cosmos, the world. But there's another definition and it is this, the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, which stir desire and seduce from God and are the obstacles to the cause of Christ. Then there's one more word, aeon, the thoughts and the pursuits of this present time, wisdom and thinking of the age. So I want us to think of the world in two terms today, that which God has created and the wisdom, the thinking, the mindset of the present world in which we live in today, specifically the American culture. Now we know that Christianity has been under attack. We understand that. It's been under spiritual attack since day one. There have been Caesars, kings, princes, states, governments, leaders of every age. In fact, at the height of the Enlightenment thinking, Friedrich Nietzsche wrote, God is dead. God remains dead. And we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What was the holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives." Who will wipe the blood off of us? What water is there for us to clean ourselves? What festivals of atonement, what sacred games shall we have to invent? Is not the greatness of this deed too great for us? Must we ourselves not become gods simply to appear worthy of it? And even today, in what many claim falsely to be the most free and tolerant nation on earth, faith in Christ, is still mocked. Man has once again built their own tower of Babel, not with bricks, not with stones, not with mortar, but with words and reasoning. People have come to the point once again where they believe that they know better than God himself. Now, I don't know about you, but I've looked at my resume and it doesn't compare with God's. I've looked at my IQ and it does not compare with God's. And no matter how big I get, this way or that, I cannot be everywhere all at once for there is only one God and we are not him. God is God. God is God. And to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't want the job. Seriously, can you imagine? Think of your own prayers. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, God's not on the precipice of heaven hanging his feet down going, well, there goes Susie again. She's praying for, you know, to win the lottery along with Tom and Timmy and everybody else in the world. Somebody won it though, and they'll be miserable. I don't know if I would want that job. I know I couldn't handle that job, but thankfully God's got it. But we live in this world where the thinking of the age is, is we know better than God. We are better than God. In fact, in scripture, we read from Second Timothy chapter three, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips. I tell you what, you can, get worn out of breath talking about how bad the end of time will be. And then we finish off here. Without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to, and this is the saddest part, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such people as these. These are the words that are spoken by the Apostle Paul and they are one of the greatest examples of where we are today in America because we are in a place of being lovers of self and self-centeredness. And then he ends it with abject indifference to the power of God. What does it mean to be indifferent to the power of God? It means that if we get a little tired on Sunday morning that we say, you know what? It's better to sleep in than it is to assemble together. When it comes time to read the word of God, it's, you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather flip through TikTok. I hate TikTok. <laughs> this is all TikTok. This is, this is all social media. I like social media, but this is, this is the way we all look. Little bit of drool coming down. (laughs) Have you ever watched somebody that's on social media all the time? Some of you are like, I'm on social media right now. (laughs) Wipe the drool away, swipe left, go from the bottom left and go up, close it out. We're in the house of God. What are the things of God? Well, we get so centered on ourselves and all of these other things. Yes, we're to be steady in our faith, in the word of God, in prayer, in an assembly. We are called to worship God. Amen. Amen. And we worship God. We do this. We are called to disciple. Our church disciple. But never, 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 never let us grow cold. The Bible tells us the story in the book of Revelation as as John is, is writing these words that God is speaking of the churches. He speaks of the church of Laodicea. I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. American Christianity today for many of our churches, for many of us, and maybe even somebody that is in this room today, we are in that place of lukewarmness. And the Bible says that you better get on fire for God or the Lord will spit you out. Now that's, that's pretty hard. That's hard to hear, but God loved the world, but he doesn't like the things of the world. The Bible tells us that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. There is no way that we as humankind can comprehend the mind of God. We just can't do it. So we wrestle, we pray, And all the reason of the world cannot explain him away for no, God is not dead. He is alive. We didn't come today to hear the words of philosophy. We didn't come today to hear the words of someone who has been in the ground and stayed in the ground, but we've come to hear the words that give life, that change our hearts, that change our way, that change our walk. And we should always be at a place where we're on fire for God. Do you remember the day that you came to Christ for the first time? Do you remember that day? Was it an exciting day for you? If it wasn't, something's wrong. I remember the day that I gave my life to Christ. It it was in a very large church in San Antonio, Texas. My wife drugged me to church. I was in ROTC, wanted to be an officer, headed to special forces, do all this kind of good stuff. Was ready to kill everything, kill the bad guys. That's what God created me to do. You don't make somebody this big and ugly (laughs) to preach. You make them to go inflict bodily harm on bad people in the world. And then when I joined the army, I found out I was very good at that. But my wife said, because, because we were going to be an officer, that good couples go to church. Now, I think she was thinking of a dead, dry church. I said, well, I only know one type of church, and that's Pentecostal. So we go in, you got 2,500 people that they're on fire for God. And I remember it took three services before I was up at an altar and I gave my life to Christ and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and things changed and my walk with God began to change and my thinking began to change as well. And I realized that the longer that you live for the Lord, the more that you spend time in the word of God, you begin to see things in the spirit of God that begin to rub against that spirit. Things that try to vie for your attention and your affections to draw you away from Christ. I have been married for 27 years and I have known this little lady for 32 years as of August the 27th at 7 p.m. in front of Liberty High School. She was hot, I had an eye rock, it worked. But I've had people in my ministry, ladies that have come to me and said, hey, you want to do whatever? No, ma'am, I don't. Well, why don't you want to do whatever? Because I got a different walk with God. Not only that, I'm in love with my wife and my two children whom she gave me. You begin to think differently. You begin to act differently. When your ways line up with God's ways, when your thinking begins to line up with God's thinking, but God's thinking is not the American prosperity way of thinking. Scripture tells us how sad it is for us if we gain the entire world but lose our souls. What are we giving up in our walk with God? What are we giving up instead of being in the word of God? What are we giving up in place of our eternal salvation? Yet we are like, and and I hate to say this, it's kind of country, but I'm from Texas and so is my wife. And if you couldn't tell by now with the accent, that's where we're from. Kind of reminds me of a story I read one time about a man who went out and got himself a, a good hunting dog. And he went out one day because he had a bear problem. Bear, little black bear was getting into his chickens and killing his chickens. And so he needed to take care of the bear. So he got this, this hound dog and they went out and finally the dog got the scent of the bear and they began to, to just haul off and they were chasing the scent of this bear. But then all of a sudden the dog turned because a deer had crossed the path of the bear trail. And all of a sudden the dog turned off and he was following the deer Next thing you know, a rabbit had crossed the deer trail and the dog turned off and started following the rabbit. And before long, the dog finally stopped with the farmer in tow just out of breath and sweating. And the dog was triumphantly barking at the hole of a field mouse. God help us if we ever get to that place in our walk with God that we start out hunting bears that God wants us to take down and we're triumphantly barking at field mice. God help us if we get so diverted away from the word, get diverted away from the teaching, get diverted away from the will and the majesty of God for the small things that trip us up in life. You know, I have a lot of titles And you know, in in my humanity, I like those titles. I do, but I don't use those titles. And the reason I don't use those titles is because the more that I use those titles, the more I feel like I'm better than who I am. You know, again, coming from the South, my mama had an expression. Mamas always had them expressions. And she said, when people think too much of themselves, they're getting just a little bit too big for their britches. That means pants, by the way. (laughs) I just need to explain. We get too big for our britches. We think we are bigger than who we are. We think that we are more than what we really are. And the truth of the matter is as many of us, we really need to come back down to earth because this is where God has called us to do ministry. This is where God has called us to live and to toil and to wrestle and to be the church of the living God. But we are like that hunting dog. We start out on the the right trail. Man, my voice cracked. I guess I'm finally hitting puberty. (laughs) It's only taken 49 years. Congratulations, honey. We're like that hunting dog, though. We get started out on the right trail. We start following the bears that God's got us on when we first come to Christ and we're excited and we want to do all the things that we can possibly do in the church. And after a while, we've lost it. We lose our attention because it's diverted into the things of lesser importance and lesser value in the kingdom of God. Now, do we have to pay the bills? Yeah, we got to pay the bills. Please pay your bills. Yes, it's okay to strive and to work for better things in life. That is what we do. That is the American dream, but don't allow the American dream to become greater than the dream and the plan and the will that God has for you in your life. Why is that? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his life for the world, the created order. He did not give his life for the wisdom of this present age. There's a lot of experts out there right now. A lot of people that say that God doesn't exist, that we can explain away the things of God, that we can explain away history. Let me tell you something right now. These are the same folks that say the science is settled. Now that might not make a lot of sense to you right now, but the same folks who said that used to bleed people to let their bad spirits float away from them, but the science is settled. These are the same folks that back in the day would shock or electrocute you if you had depression or anxiety. Well, maybe that worked because I sure wouldn't have anxiety if you shock or electrocute me. I'd probably have some clean bowels too. <laughs> but think about where the information is coming from. Folks, right now, we are so divided over politics and, and, and all the different things that are in the world right now. This is one place where it should never be divided. It should be unified in one thing, Jesus Christ and in him crucified. Jesus, it's about Jesus. It's not about me, it's not about you, it is about him. It's about the cross that he died on. Because everything is summed up in the cross. But you know, people fall away. Even the apostle Paul wrote and said, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. In other words, he's loved, he's loved the ladies. He's loved the pursuit of money. He's loved the pursuit of philosophy. He's listened to the things of the world and not the things of God. And the sad part about this is, is many of us have seen miracles take place in the church of God. And yet people will still see that and then turn around and walk away because of the things of this world. Can I be honest with you today? Is someone who spent 27 years of their life in the United States Army and absolutely loves this country who on multiple occasions came that close to giving my life for this country? It's gonna fail one day. America will fail one day. And then it won't be about nationalism. It won't be about the flag. It won't be about anything. It'll be about Jesus maybe we are too comfortable but God loves us God loves us and he wants you to understand that he loves you for God so loved the world that's you and I he loves us he loves us He loves us, agape, unconditional. Paul said it best when he wrote in Romans chapter number seven, for I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor the things present, nor the things to come can separate us from the love of God. God loves you, God loves you. And today, if you have never had that opportunity to say, you know what? I want to know more about this Jesus. I, I want to I commit my life to the Lord. Today is the day. It's a beautiful day of salvation in which you can say yes. For the Bible says, whosoever will. That's you and I. That's all of us here today. Doesn't matter where you are in life. Doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. Doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. Doesn't matter what kind of house you live in. Doesn't matter if you're fighting with your spouse or not. If you need salvation, today is the day of salvation. And what happens when that takes place, when you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is Lord, you will walk from this place a different creature. I can't say you're gonna be any better looking I can't say you're going to walk out the door and win the lottery. What I can say is when you've got God on your side, what else matters? What else matters? You know, I tell my home church all the time, I said, you know what? The great thing about being a Christian is, is even if the entire congregation fails you, God's still got your back. Amen. Amen. And when God's got your back, I'm one of those people, I talk a lot of smack. I do. I talk a lot of smack. But God is good. But when you got God on your side, it's backed up. Today, the Lord loves you. Today, the Lord is calling for you. So if in your hearts, you need the Lord Jesus, today is your day. Thank you so much, Green Bay, we love you. God bless.
1: Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to uh, get ready to serve communion as we turn to our time of communion this morning. This is what all of this is about. Jesus Christ died on that cross 2,000 years ago so that we could be made whole. His body was broken so he could be made whole. His blood was shed so we could be washed. Our sins could be washed away in the precious blood of Christ. And the Bible says before we do this, we should pause and examine ourselves. It's always a good time to reset. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads as I pray a prayer of forgiveness over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in any way, thought, word, or deed, by what we've done, by what we've left undone, If we've not loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves for the sake of your beloved son, we pray, forgive us of our sins. And as people are bowing in the state of prayer right now, maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I've I've never experienced any of this, but I'd like to. All you have to do is ask Jesus Christ in your own words to come into your life and forgive you of your sins. Whether you're sitting here in the congregation this morning or watching us online, all you got to do is ask Jesus to come into your life and set things right in your heart, amen.